Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Chip Nunger. Chip, how you doing today, bud? Hey, doing good. We're uh, crazy markets, a little volatility in there, so uh, exactly what the doctor ordered. We're ready to throw up at 7.30 this morning and uh, now life's great again. We're almost 20 cents uh, basically exactly 20 cents off the lows of uh, this morning in the corn market uh, as of the overnight. So we had quite a reversal today in, in these markets. Yeah, okay, so that was that was a crazy thing. So this morning, our, uh, Sunday night, I got my uh, my alert, and corn was like down a dollar and a half or something like that. Uh, midday, it was down about uh, almost six. And uh, by the end of the day, it was, it was up, uh, what, one and a half or something like that, two or something like that. Yeah, so we um, obviously we had a bearish crop report Friday. We had the uh, kind of the ending of the trade talks, and uh, neither side could agree to anything. And uh, we increased the, the existing tariffs. We're going to tear up another three hundred billion. So we threw all the negative news at this thing. And uh, by uh, I don't know eight thirty, eight forty five this morning. At one point, corn was down like seven, seven and a half cents. Yeah. And ended up a big reversal, about four, four and a half higher. Um, two things I think are, are at work here. Finally, the market is starting to realize that we have a uh, planting delay and some weather issues. Uh, the midday forecast got uh, colder and wetter. Uh, in fact, uh, here I, uh, this morning, looked at my local forecast. We had rain Saturday, Sunday. We've been very, very wet. <clears throat> Probably right into here in this stretch of kind of the I-74 corridor. Uh, about as wet as anywhere in the state of Illinois right now. Uh, as of this morning, uh, 6.30, I looked at the forecast. We had six days of uh, 70s and sunshine and not many clouds. By this afternoon, they have three chances of rain in there this week. And uh, so that's kind of how this thing's going. And then the week following is extremely um, wet and cold. So planning progress report this afternoon. Um only 30%, that was under expectations, 30% of corn is in the ground. Illinois, Indiana only increased 1%. Um, so Illinois uh, increased 2% in corn plantings in the last two weeks. And uh, it's go time here and no one's going. Right. So the market's finally starting to, uh, you know, trade deal or no trade deal, we have to raise a crop. Right. And, um, you know, China doesn't buy any of our corn to begin with. So uh, in the big picture, what's what's you know, so uh, I guess um, earth sharing about a trade bill would be good to have one, but uh, we got to raise a crop and we got to get this crop planted and we're not doing it. So markets reversed. Uh, we'll see. You know, we followed through higher in the overnight. Uh, here we're six, seven higher in corn. We've been, been 20 higher in beans. We're uh, probably 12, 13 higher right now. We had a really good day today as well, uh, up about three or four overnight. It's also quietly 20 cents off its lows from uh, this morning. So, uh, you know, what a difference um, 12 hours makes. We were all ready to throw up this morning at 
7.30, and uh, tonight at 7.30, the world's great again, and we're, we're going to rally this thing. So it just goes to show you how quick things change. Do you feel like the, uh, the markets have... At least now we know where we're staying anyway. We know we're going to continue the this long trade process, whatever it is. Trump was talking about today how he thought he could have a trade deal done by, by June 1st, and you know, that's like two weeks away or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> you know, if we, I'm going to tariff the hell out of everything, but I think I can have a deal done by June 1st. Uh-huh. It made me laugh when I was driving down the road today, but I mean – Obviously, yet they want to get something done between now and, and you know August, probably September time frame, going into the 2020 election, whole campaign cycle, and everything else that you see there. But um, I really feel like you know the market's just now saying, okay, all right, at least we know where we're at. It can't get any worse than what we've got, so we're going to move forward and, and try to trade this based on weather and the other factors that are out there. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you're right. I mean, after the a wildly bearish USDA report, you, you just about couldn't throw any more bearish news at this thing. And that's what they say, you know, and a lot of times markets will top uh, on the most bullish news and, and bottom on the most bearish news. And, you know, we've been two weeks away from a trade deal for 11 months now, and um, there's no trade deal, and there's really no more talk scheduled at this time. They're, they're both sides say we're going to continue, and, and that's not the end of the end of the road here, but yeah, I, I think you just digested the absolute most bearish news. The funds are already record short, massively short, never been this short in um, corn or beans ever. So they've thrown a lot of firepower at sink for the last uh, nine months. And uh, it just seemed like, you know, it's like the hogs. We talked about this, you know, just you hear all these problems about hogs and African swine fever in China, and yet hogs went down every day. And just all of a sudden, you snap your fingers and it mattered to the market. And, right. and I think finally, uh, the weather matters to the market, especially the corn market, because like I said earlier, I mean, forget the trade deal. Uh, we use, you know, 13.6 billion bushels of corn a year without any going to China. Right. Um, so demand's pretty good without China. And, um, you know, now you have people talking, throwing numbers out, uh, you know, two to five million pre-bent plant acres. Uh, Scott Irwin at the University of Illinois is usually pretty even keeled. He's just off his rocker that um, USDA used 176 bushel yield on this crop report. He thinks 170 best case. So, you know, if we're going to be five, seven bushels below trend line and shave off, I don't know, pick a number, three, four million acres of corn to prevent plant, there goes a billion bushels off the carryout. So, you know, it's going to come down to um, the next three weeks of weather and getting this crop on the ground, and and then we got to raise it. And uh, we're using a lot of corn, and so this it just shows you how how fast things change. You know, it hasn't mattered and until today, and and now it matters. So we can see a lot of volatility in the next couple of weeks. Uh, right now, as it looks today, ten day forecast is not great. We're going to probably get a little bit of planting done in areas this week. Um, but it's probably not likely going to be as much as what the market thinks. They all fall back to, I, I forget how many years ago, several years ago now, we planted like 30% of the crop um, in corn across the country in one week. And, and the market remembers that and thinks, oh, it's not, not a problem. We can get this done. But they just don't realize that this time is a little bit different. And uh, it's going to take a couple days at least, uh, some three or four days to dry out. There's field work to do before they're ready to plant. 
and just about uh, when it's ready, you know, here comes the next batch of, of rain in the forecast. So it's uh, starting to be a critical deal. And the bean markets uh, sensing that as well. I mean, at the lows today, you had front month beans under $8. Basis is horrible. So you're talking about $7.5 cash beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not much better for new crop fall beans. What's the incentive to plant beans if it's going to be wet? We're going to take prevent plant, um, you know, on corn, and if it stays wet, um, we're not going to rush. We're not going to certainly switch corn to beans when we're, uh, you know, at ten-year lows in bean prices. So prices aren't incentivizing people to, uh, you know, be enthusiastic about putting putting crop in the ground either. And uh, the market's finally sensing that, I believe. Yeah. All right. So outside market wise, I mean, you took the uh, uh, what happens? Dow finished down about six hundred points today. S and P was down whatever it was four hundred or whatever it was. It was it was everything kind of took a shellacking today. Um, didn't see the rebound there that you saw everywhere else, but that did have an effect on on the cattle market today as well as. I mean, that's just been getting kicked around and kicked around here of late when it was kind of the golden child uh, with this African swine fever and the hogs and everything else that were out there. You're starting to see some some real uh, stagnation or, or some, some moving backwards in the cattle market. So talk about that a little bit we see there. Yeah, cash has come down a little bit. So it's kind of the opposite situation that we're seeing in the grain markets. Um, you're going back not that long ago, uh, three weeks ago probably, uh, funds were record long in uh, live cattle. So I think what you're seeing is you hit the, hit the nail on the head. We've seen a lot of volatility. We're, we're not that far from all-time highs in the stock market, but we've seen a pretty, uh, I don't know, 4 or 5% drop here in uh, just about a week's time. And I think what's happened is when things are going good and, and hedge funds are making money, they just get leveraged up and life's great and they put these massive positions on. And I think the trade deal and the uncertainty on that there were a lot of smart people in the room that thought we were going to get a trade deal done. In fact, I think it really kind of took Washington by surprise. I think some smart people in Washington really felt like we get a trade deal done. We didn't. Both sides part ways. That increases the uncertainty in the financial markets. And so the stock market's been getting pummeled. I think maybe what's happening is a lot of these funds trade everything. They trade, you know, grains and livestock and, and uh, currencies and, and energies and the stock market. And they, they do it in a leveraged way, and they get over-leveraged. So I think what's happening is they're just saying, hey, the game's changed a little bit. Our position sizes are too big. Uh, let's get out of some of this stuff. And so, you know, unfortunately, that means selling pressure in, in cattle. Um, the good, the silver lining is it means that they've got a lot to buy in the grain markets if they want to get evened up a little bit. So the cattle markets, um, unfortunately, the you know, getting – beat up because of that. The funds still have liquidation um, to happen. It's drugged the cash market down. The good news is you know, I, I think that uh, whenever we do find a bottom, we can come snapping back uh, as you get out there in the in the deferreds. I think the numbers are going to tighten up again and and uh, we probably don't have a ton of downside from here, but there, there likely is a little more selling pressure coming uh, in the cattle market. Hogs took it hard today too with the Chinese. I would have liked to have seen the hog market come back a little bit, um, but but they closed and limit down in, in a couple of months and, and sharp losses there, and that's still the effect of the the, uh, 
you know, I guess uh, negativity surrounding the, the breakdown of the trade talks yep. um, in, in the hog market. But there is a real issue in, in China uh, on their pork side. And I think you can maybe see a little more selling pressure, but I think hogs will, will bottom quicker than cattle because it is a real, a real bad uh, deal. And I don't know. I mean, China could say they're not going to take our pork. Um, they're going to they're going to take our pork. It might move through two other countries first. Uh, there's no way they can't take our pork uh, unless they let people starve, uh, which has happened, um, you know, in history books in the not uh, not too distant past. But I think it's a, a little bit of a different uh, time frame now. So unless people are going to starve or they switch to an alternative, um, you know, meat source, which doesn't seem likely. Um, you know, what's that going to be? Beef? They're going to start importing U.S. beef? Uh, probably not. They already do to some extent. Poultry they could increase, but their their population wants pork. And uh, so, long story short, I, I think that uh, you could have a little more liquidation just in fear of the trade talks breaking down. But China's probably tariff or no tariff licking their chops out there saying, hey, let's uh, let's break these hogs a little more because we've got to buy them. Uh, whether it's us or it goes through, uh, you know, we, we sell a bunch, you know, 587 pounds per capita of, of pork to Korea, it's going to end up in China right. no matter what country they buy it through. Right. <clears throat> yeah, there's, and that, that's the kind of thing with the soybean deal. I mean, yeah, they might buy every soybean in, in South America, but they're still... Those customers that would have bought beans from from that from those parts of the of the of the world will eventually have to come buy them from us, right? So I mean, exactly. And we're in a pretty competitive place when you start looking at at our prices. I mean, we we're very competitive right now in the open market when you start looking at, at, at you know the dollar where the dollar's at and how it how it exports and and all those things and just our overall price what we have. Um, we do have a fair amount of carryout still. We got you know nine times the uh, the, the carryout that we that we normally would have. Um, we start looking at that, but there the, you know and that's obviously playing in the market that you see happening out there. But one one thing I wanted to get your opinion on and, and kind of have you kind of weigh on this a little bit. Usually Trump says some stuff and you know he says it and you never hear about it again. But I've heard this three times now. And three different uh, news clips and three different time points in time about the you know whatever China would normally buy from the U.S. we're gonna we're gonna give that same support back to the to the U.S. former and uh, I don't know it seemed like the, uh, the 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 soybean deal the first deal that came out from the soybeans and, and the corn deal um, at the at the end of the day when everything shook out there wasn't a whole lot of money that actually got out to the farmer right what what's your take on that and and how do you feel that's even going to affect the marketplace. Yeah, I'm, I'm uncertain. They are um, working behind the scenes right now <clears throat> at some sort of an aid package. Uh, $15 billion right. has been thrown around uh, as a number. I don't know. that He got a lot of flack for, for tweeting that, and then he deleted it, and then he put it back up. So it's easier said than done. It sounds good. Um, right. Drawn up on the chalkboard. We just buy all these commodities. Uh, the government buys all these commodities from uh, the U.S. producer, and then we're going to send them to, you know, countries that uh, that need it and are are poorer. Uh, easier said than done, right? If you're a poor nation, I don't know, uh, pick one somewhere in uh, sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, you know, maybe some of the uh, Central American countries. 
they don't need whole soybeans. Um, right. You know, they don't even need corn. They wheat, maybe flour. So it's easier said than done. Um, I, I, there is some sort of an aid package being put together. Um, there's been talk about direct buying of, of commodities. You know, we tried that in the '80s to, um, you know, not very good success. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect at this point. Um, I think that's in the back of uh, President Trump's mind. I think it's been uh, talked about, and maybe they're, you know, putting a, a framework together. But uh, the problem is, you, you get to nail on the head. The market knows we have big stocks, especially in beans. Right. You know, whether it's owned by farmers or owned by the United States government, the world knows the the beans are still there. So, you know. I mean, it's crazy to say it. Uh, you know, the best thing they could do is buy some corn, buy some beans, destroy it, you know, take right. the supply off the market. Mother Nature might be doing, uh, you know, in the process of doing that as well. Right. It seems like all things will even out eventually. And, um, you know, you could evaporate 800 million bushels, a billion bushels out of the corn carryout real quickly just because of poor planting and, you know, lower uh, the trend line yields. Right. Same thing could happen in beans. So uh, Mother Nature is the great equalizer, and whether the U.S. government buys products from, uh, you know, U.S. farmers or not, um, you know, Mother Nature can, can do the trick, too. But uh, I, I hope, honestly, I hope it doesn't come to that uh, just because, you know, that's not a free market. Uh, you know, I'm a free market guy. Let's right. get the trade deal done, and get things flowing and let the market take care of itself instead of artificially mm-hmm. messing with it. It never ends well when you when you try to curtail supply or curtail demand. The market's got to do it itself. Right. Well, I mean, Angie Setzer, I think, had a pretty good point on Friday's show when she talked about, I mean, the USDA can't count anyway, so let's just have them not count a few hundred million bushels of soybeans. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, that's right. That's behind the scenes. It seems like they find 300 million bushels easy enough. Right. They need to not find 300 million it. bushels yeah. for a, a couple quarters, and yeah. that'll help uh, as well. But unfortunately, it seems like every quarterly stocks number that comes out, they mysteriously find 300 million bushels. Yeah, they need to just leave those closet doors shut, and then they don't have to worry about finding it. It makes it so, yeah, much, exactly. so much better. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, Chip, plenty of stuff going on here. I mean, like you said, you know, we talk about it all the time. Today was a great example of that, um, having a plan and, and executing that plan. So if folks are uh, working on a plan or need some help getting down that path, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, the best way is just call our office, 309-550-7213. Even on the lows, there were things to do. It's easy to get, uh, you know, dejected about the markets. But uh, in a lot of cases, there was a crop insurance play in beans, right, because Bean prices dropped so low that uh, for guys that took high coverage levels or bought up some of those private products that, um, you know, bump coverages up to 90 or 95 percent, um, there were some moves to be made in the, on the bean side of the thing to essentially lock a crop insurance payment in. And so, uh, you know, there's always things to do there on the highs, on the lows, and everywhere in between. you got to use the volatility uh, as, your, as your friend and to your advantage. So uh, feel free to give us a call. If you're, uh, you know, ejected about the markets, uh, we can send you some information on, uh, you know, maybe why you shouldn't be and uh, maybe open your eyes a little bit and, and calm your nerves a little bit as well. 
Yep, absolutely. So a couple things here. One, if you are watching this right now and you'd like to get yourself a Moving Iron Podcast koozie, first edition, by the way, send me a direct message me on Twitter and I'll get you one out. Also, I'll throw a few Moving Iron pins in there for you as well. A um, couple other guys that are out there that I uh, – that are in the Global Ag Network or the Dryland Fiber Podcast. Do the same with those guys. Listen to their podcast. Give them a shout out there on Trader Brent and No Twit Landon 44 out there on Twitter. And I bet you they can hook you up with some koozies as well. Also, Damien Mason's got a new book out called Do Business Better. Check that out. It's a great graduation gift. I've read it. It's got good information in it. It's funny at the same time. So, Chip, anything you want to throw out there you want to plug before we uh, shut it down? I think he covered it all, Casey. It's uh, it's gonna get uh, it's gonna get dicey out there. Already is twenty cents off the lows in corn, less than twelve hours. So uh, volatility yeah. starting to rear its head here. Yeah, I think we're gonna see some volatile plays here, especially this week as we start heading into like you talked about. We got you know same thing out here. <clears throat> it wasn't supposed to rain in uh, pretty much the state of Nebraska from. Uh, basically Saturday through Saturday, and I drove across the entire state of Nebraska on Saturday afternoon, and it, it followed me from Scotts Bluff to Omaha. So, um, you know, it's I got, the closer I got to Omaha, the more wet it got. So, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, a bad, uh, it, it's a bad start to spring when uh, yeah. all of a sudden the 20% chance, uh, you know, you start catching those regularly. Yep. So yep. we had the same thing. We didn't even have, I think we had a 0% chance on Saturday. Yep. And uh, it, it poured down rain, rain three or four tenths, and then it rains Sunday. And mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we uh, woke up this morning to a six-day dry forecast, and by uh, five thirty this evening, there's three chances of rain in there the next five days. So uh, not a great start. And uh, you know, for one of the best things that could happen here, the stock guys have had a a nice run higher, right? All-time highs, ten-year bull market. We need a little more volatility, a little more down move in the stock market, and I think you'd see these funds, um, you know, kind of deleverage, meaning they're going to, uh, as stocks go down, they're going to get out of some of their stocks, but also their outside kind of peripheral positions, such as the grain markets, uh, they're going to start buying back some shorts there as well and keep the uh, keep the volatility rolling. So, yep. you know, um, stock guys have uh, had it good for a while. Let's... Let's uh, maybe have them take one for the team here and uh, get the stock market riled up, drop uh, you know another six or eight hundred points, and get uh, get the funds running out of their shorts in the grain markets, and everyone running for the door at the same time, and we're going to get a nice rally out of this thing, especially if it stays wet. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think you got to think a lot of guys too have got to be some. There's got to be some pressure on them when you look at the oil market. I mean, what it did overnight, um, especially with the news coming out of Saudi Arabia and. Latest reports show that Iraq or Iran, I'm sorry, had a uh, had some play to do with that that attack on some tankers out there. But there's a pretty sharp jump in not only uh, Brent crude but also West Texas. I mean, so there's going to be some guys out there on the energy side that that made a few dollars. They're going to want to sell that and, and move into something else that they could probably see a potential upside in. Yeah, we had a big reversal today. The stock market kind of or the crude oil market kind of ended up following the. The stock market, it was uh, sharply higher in the morning and reverse lower <clears throat> late in the day. But uh, this Iran thing is uh, is a real deal. They're rattling the sabers a little bit. We've got, uh, you know, aircraft carriers uh, en route. Uh, yeah. That thing could escalate quickly. And if you do, you, you could see a, a quick spike uh, first in oil if uh, this thing escalates anymore. And that will spill over and, and help 
profitability in ethanol as well, which already has recovered some. Yeah. So uh, it, you know, things change so fast. I was just mentioning it tonight. I'm like, I feel like a dinosaur in this bit. I mean, it changes so fast. Uh, the markets have always, um, you know, been fast and volatile, but it's just unbelievable how lightning quick um, sentiment changes. Just, you know, it's unpredictable and it's a drop of a hat and it's unbelievable how much money flows in and out of these markets and, you know, how in the morning everything uh, is disastrous and by the afternoon, it's it's great again. So uh, I mean that that's good, but it's hard to stomach through that. And it just goes back to what you said: you, you gotta have a plan, or it's going to just whipsaw you emotionally. Yep, yep. Well, like we talked about many times, a news story or a tweet or whatever it is, everyone's trying to get ahead on everything else that's out there. So um, I guess. Uh, you know, you just got to keep your head on a swivel, man. Best best way to put it. Head on a swivel. Keep, head on a swivel. Keep looking around, man. So, all right, we Chip. We should rename this to the Head on a Swivel podcast. <laughs> that's what we should call it because every time we jump on it, there's some massive change in the marketplace somehow. You know, so yeah. you got to be thinking. Yeah. Quick on your feet. All right, Chip. Exactly. Get, get that phone number one more time. Uh, 309-550-7213 is our office number. Right on. All right, folks. Uh, another thing, too, make sure you check out globalagnetwork.com and set yourself up with an account there, and you can uh, get all the great podcasts on there delivered to you live when they come out. So um, other than that, Chip, we will talk to you again next week. Have yourself a good one, and stay dry, my friend. All right. Head on swivel, Casey. There you go, buddy. All right, see ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Mellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and GlobalAgNetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here